Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Hello, brothers and sisters. Here I am again, trying to share with you some really important things from God's Word that can really help us in our daily life and really help us to be prepared for whatever may come. I've been noticing on the internet lately a lot of speculation about whether we're in the end times or not, and uh, whether Jesus is going to come soon or not. And you know, one response to the speculation is cynicism, saying, "Well." I've heard this before, you know, uh, in other times in history, even in recent years, people predicted the Lord's coming, the year 2000, the year 1000. Times have been really bad before where people have speculated in this way and the Lord hasn't come. Now, the other response is to take seriously that the fact that the Lord will come, but also not to jump to conclusions about when. Uh, Actually, in one of the epistles of Peter, he said, people have gotten cynical. You know, they're kind of saying, Where, when is the Lord going to come? Things are the same just as they always have been. And Peter says, no, they're not the same as they have always have been. The Lord at one time sent a flood to destroy the wicked on the earth. And the next time he's going to send fire. It's going to happen. So don't get cynical. And try to hasten the coming of the Lord by living lives of holiness. So we can actually prepare the way for the Lord's coming by being that bride, that purified bride that the Lord is looking for when he returns. However, there are some very clear signs that Scripture tells us need to take place before the Lord returns, and that these are really things worth paying attention to. We read about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling to meet him, We beg you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or be excited, either by spirit or by word or by a letter purporting to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come. And then Paul says there's two things that need to happen before the Lord will return. One is something that Scripture refers to as an apostasy or the great rebellion. So what's an apostasy? An apostasy isn't something that pagans do. It's something that baptized Christians do. It's a turning away from faith on the part of those who once had faith but have departed from it, who have believed the lies of the evil one and no longer follow Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know whether what we're seeing today is the great apostasy that Scripture is talking about here, but I do know that ever since Society became Christian in influence, at least, if not in reality, ever since the Emperor Constantine in the 4th century uh, became a Christian, and pretty soon Christians were no longer persecuted, and pretty soon Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. And so all the Western nations, in some ways, adopted uh, Christianity as, as their religion, and it, and it became very influential in country after country. But what we're seeing right now is a systematic repudiation 
of that Christian heritage in country after country. Uh, Catholic France doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Catholic Italy doesn't exist anymore. We still have lots of churches and lots of saints shrines, but very, very few Italian Catholics actually practice their faith uh, and actually follow Jesus. And uh, it's a very serious situation. Catholic Spain, the same situation. There's a wonderful remnant in all these countries of dedicated Catholics who are following Jesus, but the country as a whole is increasingly repudiating the Christian faith as a guide in any way that should affect civil society. Same, of course, in the United States and in Canada and Australia and New Zealand. Uh, there's a, a growing hostility towards Christ and the church. There's a growing aggressive effort to uh, sideline Christians from the public life, to, uh, to say that Christian views on, on marriage and family are, are hate speech and shouldn't be spoken about and shouldn't be taken into account in making public policy. So we do have a very serious situation. We have a situation today where more and more Catholics are believing what the world tells them rather than what the Word of God, the Catechism of the Catholic Church tells them. So we are living through a very great apostasy. One of the most disturbing things I've seen in recent years has been the celebration in Ireland when they finally legalized abortion and gay marriage. Uh, people, Tens of thousands of people came into the streets of Dublin celebrating the killing of babies and uh, and the blatant rebellion against how God created the human race and male and female and the appropriate use of sexuality in a marriage between one man and one woman open to having children. Uh, those views are getting increasingly discriminated against, uh, repudiated, sometimes even uh, legislated as, as, as an illegal thing to say. And that's happening to some pastors who are being called up before human rights tribunals because they dare to speak the word of God in these important areas. Now, uh, just a couple days ago, I read that this year in Ireland, more people are being ordained bishops too than are, or, than are being ordained priests in the entire country. One priest being ordained for the entire country of Ireland this year. Pretty sad how, how far they've fallen from the blessing that God gave them as one of the strongest Catholic countries in the world that sent out missionaries all over the world. Okay, so something like a great apostasy is happening. We don't know whether it's the great apostasy or not, but it's worth noting that a pretty significant thing is happening in terms of a repudiation of Christian faith in many, many traditionally Christian countries. The second thing that Paul says needs to happen before the Lord returns is a removal of a certain restraint that the Lord has placed on the manifestation of evil and lawlessness, a removal of the restrainer and a removal of the one who restrains him. So scripture scholars debate about what this could be. Some say perhaps it was uh, the Roman Empire keeping chaos back. Of course, that's not relevant right now. Some say it's the preaching of the gospel. Some say it's Michael the archangel. Some say it's just simply a decision of God to protect the world from unrestrained evil until just before he returns, unrestrained evil will be allowed to manifest itself as a test of people's faith, as a test. Those whose hearts are with the Lord, it's a test that they'll pass. Those whose hearts are not with the Lord, it's a test that they'll fail. 
with very serious consequences. Let's read what 2 Thessalonians says about those who fail the test of the end times. And you know what's restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Here's the good news. And the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by his appearing and his coming. So just when, thing, just when things seem like they're getting worse and couldn't get any more worse and all hell is breaking loose and it looks like Christians are you know, a disappearing minority, the Lord will appear and put down the work of evil reward his faithful ones, and usher in the kingdom of his father. The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan, Satan's behind all this, will be with all power and with pretended signs and wonders. That's why real signs and wonders are important. Real signs and wonders should draw people to Jesus. False signs and wonders draw people to something else and someone else. And with every wicked deception for those who are to perish, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So Satan works through false signs and wonders that mesmerize people, that attract people, but don't bring them to repentance and faith. And he also works through every wicked deception. Remember Jesus said Satan is a liar and a murderer. So one of the ways that Satan works is by infiltrating lies. There's even one place in a letter to Timothy where Paul says the day is coming when the doctrines of demons will be infiltrated into the church through plausible liars. Well, that, that time is certainly here. We have such confusion in the church, so many lies people are believing, so much confusion, so much lack of a clear sound of the trumpet that uh, we're, we're living in those times. And Jesus has told us we would be living in those times. And those times have in some way been present all throughout church history, false teachers and false prophets. But, who is going to perish in this final trial? And the Catechism talks about this final trial that the church must go through. Who is going to perish in the final trial? Those who refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Brothers and sisters, we need to treasure the Word of God. We need to treasure what God has revealed to us. We need to take it seriously. We need to base our life on it. It's the only solid ground there is. It's the only thing that will protect us from being misled by the end-time confusion. And if we're not in the end-time confusion, we're in a time of tremendously great confusion, which the same principle applies. Therefore, God sends upon them a strong delusion to make them believe what is false, so that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in immorality. This is a hard saying. It's possible, the Lord is revealing to us, that if you harden your heart, if you close your heart to the light of God, to the truth of God, you can so consign yourself to darkness and unrepentance. You can become so hardened in sin, so hardened in unbelief, so hardened in cynicism, that actually you become a victim of even greater darkness and greater delusion and a greater a greater belonging to Satan sometimes without even realizing it. So what's the lesson for us today? Well, 
I don't know if the Lord is about to come or not. I do know that some of the signs of his coming that Paul talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 may indeed be present right now. But we're only going to know whether what we're experiencing right now by way of a great apostasy or by way of uh, a tremendous revelation of lawlessness, and we're seeing a tremendous revelation of lawlessness, we're seeing a, a tremendous removal of all kinds of restraint on, on moral behavior, all kinds of rebellion against the God creating us, male and female, all kinds of rebellion against the law of our countries, uh, all kinds of deception about, uh, about what's going on, you know, stealing is stealing, uh, assault is assault, violence is violence, breaking the law is breaking the law, killing people is killing people, and we can't justify it under any circumstance at all, and yet it's being justified, it's being ignored, it's being encouraged, it's being used. The brothers and sisters, we're living in serious times. Whether this is the time before the Lord comes or not, I don't know, but I do know that we're all being put to the test today. We're all being put to the test today. Are we going to remain faithful even though so many of our fellow Catholics are turning away? Are we going to remain faithful to the revealed Word of God as it comes to us in Scripture and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, even though lots of people are questioning it, putting it in doubt and saying it's old-fashioned and we got to get with the times, we got to get on the right side of history. Brothers and sisters, if we're trying to get on the right side of history today, what people are calling the right side of history, we are going over a cliff. We need to hold on to God's Word. We need to be, need to be faithful no matter what other people are doing. We need to pass the test of this time. Same thing with uh, deception. We, we, we just can't close our hearts to the truth. And sometimes out of pride, we don't want to humble ourselves and accept a, tr- a painful truth. Sometimes we don't want to admit that there's things in our life that really need to change. Sometimes we don't want to admit that sometimes we're rationalizing sin in our life, even though we are. And it's going to take a really a grace of God for us to swallow our pride and humble ourselves and kneel down and confess our sins and go to confession if it's a serious sin because we need to be right with God. We really do. We need to be right with the church. We need to be right with God. We need to be filled with his word. We need to be clear about what the truth is. And we need to be decisive and determined and clear about, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I know a lot of us now are saddened by division in our households. A lot of us can't answer for our households anymore. But we've got to answer for as many people that we have responsibility for who are willing to listen to us as we can. And for those who are not willing to listen to us that we have some responsibility for, we need as the myriad children, myriad Fatima encourage the children to do pray and fast for the salvation of sinners, for the conversion of sinners, for, for souls. That's what it's all about. That's what these two signs are trying to alert us to. We are certainly living in a time where apostasy is happening and great deception is happening. And our only protection, our great protection, is to be firmly grounded and rooted in Jesus Christ and clinging to his word, eating his body, drinking his blood, being with our fellow brothers and sisters who are trying to live the Catholic life. That's what we're trying to do each week. We're trying to encourage you and strengthen you so that the trial that we're now going through Maybe a trial that you pass, a test that you may pass, and that you become more deeply rooted in Jesus Christ because you are faithful in the face of temptation, in the face of trial, in the face of apostasy, in the face of lawlessness. Amen. 
This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. For more information about Renewal Ministries, visit our website at renewalministries.net. Join us next week to find strength, hope, and courage for the Christian journey. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.